Hello, and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy. Hello, and thank you for joining us at Women Developing Brilliance. In today's episode, I'll be sharing tips on how to make the laptop lifestyle easier. Now, you may be thinking, Casey, what do you mean? Living the laptop lifestyle sounds amazing. That's my dream. And I totally get you. I'm all for the freedom being location independent provides. In fact, it's one of the greatest benefits of becoming an entrepreneur. However, if the only images that come up when you hear a laptop lifestyle are the breeze blowing through your hair or answering emails on the beach with a fancy cocktail, then we need to talk. I wanted to peel back the layers because I actually do live the laptop lifestyle, which is beyond a trendy hashtag, and I'm here to say that honestly, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. For the last four years, I've been able to take a significant chunk of time away from my office and not miss a beat when it comes to meeting the daily demands of my work. In fact, I'm just returning home from five amazing weeks exploring the Hawaiian islands. We bounced from Oahu to Kauai to the Big Island and stayed at six different Airbnbs. In fact, if you follow me on Facebook, you probably saw some of my pictures that ranged from whales to the aftermath of the volcano, which was really amazing. It looked like the black moon to really incredible sunsets with turtles on the beach. So it was actually very magical. One of my very favorite places to be in the world. So while this topic is fresh in my mind, I thought I'd share with you all the juicy details so you can learn from any of my hurdles or learning curves and avoid any mistakes when you take your laptop on the road. I also created a printable that you can use as a cheat sheet, and it includes any of the tech gadgets that I'm going to share with you, so rest assured that if you're driving while listening to me, that you don't have to pull over to jot down any of these tips. I've got you covered. Sound good? So you can head to caseyrossi.com slash laptop life and grab your copy whenever it's convenient. All right, so without further ado, let's dig in. Right off the bat, let's address what you need in order to take your work on the road. First category is the tech. It wouldn't be a laptop lifestyle without, you guessed it, your laptop. And that may be an obvious ingredient, but it's also important to take note of its size so you can plan your carry-on accordingly. I travel with a MacBook Pro 15-inch, which is a great weight and fits in most computer bags. However, some PCs are 17 inches and can pack a hefty weight, which humping it through several airports makes a big difference. Next is your cell phone. Of course, nowadays, most people don't even walk to the mailbox without their cell in arm's reach, so I'm pretty sure you're going to remember to pack that. But also pack your fast-charging cord... I like to have one that detaches from the outlet plug. So if my rental car allows me to charge into like their USB port, I'm completely covered there. So I love traveling with my phone because it provides a lot of security to be able to have my GPS with me 
at all times. And it's not imperative, but I found having an external battery backup for my cell was awesome on this trip. I found a three-pack at Costco for under 50 bucks. I actually just brought one of those external batteries with me, which I found was completely sufficient. I had the security that if I was taking a lot of photos or videos or just plain ran out of battery on the road, that I had a full charge in two seconds by plugging into my battery pack. There are pretty slimline and actually didn't add a lot of extra weight, which was awesome. Next up are headsets. And I brought two kinds of headsets. My standard LG Bluetooth set for when I was conducting coaching calls and wanted to minimize the noise for my bestie who I traveled with when I was on those 5 a.m. calls. At least then she only had to hear one side of the convo, but it also minimizes background noise for my client and provides a crisp, clear audio on their side as well, which is really important. I also bring a regular aux plug-in headset for the plane ride. It's super easy to pack, lightweight, and also not reliant on Wi-Fi, which is really important. This year, I added a little gadget, and I'm glad I did. I found a super reasonable 6.3 selfie light ring on Amazon for 15 bucks. It is a plug-and-play and just gets connected to the USB port on my laptop. It has three settings, so the lighting can either be warm, cool, or a combination of both, and then there's several intensity adjustments as well with just a little finger push that's on the cord. This worked awesome for videos and Zoom conferences. When you're bouncing from one destination to another, you never really know what the lighting is going to be like, so honestly, having this simple tool gave me peace of mind and kept my videos professional despite the time of day or what the lighting was on location. So next is the external webcam. I use a Logitech 1080p. It's lightweight and again, a plug and play via the USB port. Whether you're working out of your home office or on the road, having an external webcam, in my opinion, is a must. It makes a huge difference in professionalism and viewing enjoyment when your video comes in crisp and clean. I picked up a simple laptop backpack on Amazon that had really cute organized zipper compartments, which I love. I like to keep everything separate and tidy. It was easy to load up all the tech and gadgets and keep everything in just a really safe and secure spot. I'm just going to insert an honesty alert here because... Despite packing as light as possible with all of the above mentioned, my pack still weighed 15.6 pounds, which sounds light, but let me tell you, I felt like a pack mule by the end of the trip. So next time, I'll be looking for an under-the-seat mini roller bag that's laptop compatible. Anything that makes the journey easier and more enjoyable, I don't know about you, but I'm all about that. So I actually was surfing online and found a Samsonite spinner under the cedar with actually a USB port that you could just connect that external battery pack that I was talking to you about. And that was on eBag. So that definitely went on my wish list for my next trip. So let's see, the next category really is supplies. So one thing I noticed that I didn't really remember was to pack my favorite paper and pens. And believe it or not, this was kind of a big deal. 
At first, I tried to make do with what I had and my bestie's regular rule paper notebook, and I quickly knew that that I had to remedy that. So I felt that something was off. And really, when you're on the road, you want to take it seriously and don't just make do with like scraps. Really prioritize what you need for your maximum comfort. It's amazing how we take those little things for granted when we're in our home office. So after I got my unruled artist sketch pad and medium tip markers and highlighters that really work for me to create and plan my day, I was completely good to go. So that's the hardware and the office supplies under wrap, but remember to include the software as well. What I mean by that is just make sure that your browser is up to date and that you've run any computer or app updates prior to leaving just to avoid any tech speed bumps or headaches. You certainly don't need that when you're on the road in new environments and trying to kind of get your sea legs in your new place. So the next thing that I wanted to share with you is preparing your schedule ahead of time. So even though as entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, We feel like we can accomplish it all, and I'm surely guilty of packing my schedule in like a robot at times. And if it fits on the calendar block, it should work, right? Well, wrong. So I just really want to encourage you and invite you to leave yourself a couple of buffer days. Definitely block your fly days in your scheduler and leave at least two days upon your return home for things like jet lag, laundry, and mail catch-up. I used to not do this, and I really added so much unnecessary stress to my system. And it was really interesting because this time we did a night flight. We flew out on Thursday. We left at 11 a.m. Hawaii time, but after three different transfers and an hour trip from the airport to my house, I did not land back into Naples, New York until noon on the following day. So we were literally traveling for a full 24 hours, give or take, because there was um, that little bit of time change. But suffice it to say that it takes a lot on your body. It's a lot going up and down. It's a lot in that stale air on the plane and just general stress of travel time. We literally had to sprint between our LA connection going to North Carolina. Like they were boarding the plane before we were offboarding our first leg. So it's adding a tremendous amount on your nervous system that you may not even be aware of. So please, my friend, leave yourself um, those buffer days. When I came home, I slept for 16 hours, which is highly unusual for me because I'm generally a six to eight hour girl but I literally slept for 16 hours. So my system really, really needed it. So now I like to plan my fly days on Fridays. So I have those weekends naturally blocked in. And I also set those clients' expectations when I'm away so they know that my replies are gonna come on Monday versus on a Saturday or Sunday. And that's pretty much a soft boundary that I have across the board, whether I'm on home turf in New York or away. My clients know that I respond um, in a timely manner between Monday and Friday. So I have that personal space on the weekends that I don't have to feel like I'm on. So this makes a huge difference because again, as the caregivers and the people pleasers that many of us are, 
The energetic pull of having people waiting for us causes an energy drain, guilt, or even obsessive thoughts, and no one wants that. So line up your schedule, block out your fly days, add buffer days for any transitions like between hotels or Airbnb, and reserve a two-day spacer upon returning home. Remember that we are building our business around our life and not the other way around. So we must treat ourselves with compassion and set realistic expectations for everyone involved, including ourselves. So if you're traveling to a place with a time zone other than yours, it is imperative that you switch the setting in your scheduler and calendar. I use Acuity for my scheduling system and Google Calendar, and they both have options for switching time zones. Now, the tricky part comes in with the question of when do you switch the time zone? Because if you wait until you're at your new destination, it's really too late because clients will be using your booking link with your home time zone. And for example, when I was in Hawaii, there's a six hour time difference, which makes a pretty big difference because I was six hours earlier. So it definitely made a big difference for me when some of those schedulers came in at a very early morning hour. So choose wisely and communicate with your clients when your time zone will be different and what appointment slots are available. So I have clients in the UK, Canada, and throughout the US, all with various time zones. In the beginning of my trip, I was having a heck of a time trying to map it all out so I ensured that I was on time. Then I found a free website called worldbuddy.com and it saved me so much time, pun intended there. So you can pop in various cities with this little tool and it organizes a timeline per location in rows for visual folks like me. And in one glance, you can see what time it is for you and your clients based on location. So it's awesome and it's now a favorite link in my bookmark bar, both on my desktop and on my laptop. So because I travel a lot, it is uber important that my clients' regular weekly coaching sessions are uninterrupted. So if there is any inconvenience of any kind, I want it to fall on my side. I'm sure that you're maybe resonating with that as well. So this means that I had some appointments at 4.30 or 5 a.m. on some days. And honesty alert, this took a little bit of an adjustment to get used to. So mascara before coffee is never any fun. Let me tell you that. So could I have asked them to reschedule so I didn't have to wake up at the crack of dawn? I absolutely could have. However, I believe in client consistency. And when you agree upon a set day and time for your coaching sessions, In my opinion, it should remain something stable that they can rely on. So it's what I would want to work with with a professional. It's how I'd want to be treated, and that's how I prefer to handle it. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Business Thrive, a step-by-step business building online course. Thrive Business Thrive takes you from a concept to paying clients in just 16 weeks. If you're tired of doing it alone and trying to piece together your business by watching one YouTube tutorial after another and following multiple experts, it's time to plug into a tried and true plan. Thrive Business Thrive focuses on results, increasing your impact 
impact and moreover, establishing the foundation needed for a thriving business. To learn more about Thrive Business Thrive, your blueprint to create a flourishing business, visit caseyrossi.com slash thrive. That's caseyrossi.com slash thrive. What else? Okay, remember to put your email autoresponder on during your fly days. It's important to keep the lines of communication open and that your valuable community stays in the loop. I've seen some pretty creative autoresponders that have actually made me laugh out loud, so if you do have the time to put in a little extra thought into them, it goes a long way. I'll be traveling today and have a slower than usual response time, kind of falls flat. So it's actually an opportunity to make an impression with your autoresponder and even get a chuckle or two. So, okay, you're packed, you're organized, and you're ready to go. You most likely have got your house in order with a house and or a pet sitter, your appliances unplugged, your mail stopped, and all that good stuff. Now it's actually time to get on the road. If you like to work on the plane or have long layovers, I suggest downloading any videos, online course tutorials, or audiobooks on your devices before you take off. I didn't do this and was bummed on the flight from LA to Honolulu that there was no internet service because we were flying over the ocean. It totally makes sense now, so it was kind of a coulda, shoulda, woulda moment. All right, so you've landed. You want to be in full vacation mode. However, you still have your work schedule to manage. So what I recommend is setting expectations, not only with yourself, but with your travel partner and or family. So when will you work? I found sticking to a regular schedule works the best. On the few days that I altered it, I really regretted it. So here's the thing. You're in a cool new place. Your mind is going to want to play, right? At least mine did. And then there's the reality check that if you didn't have this amazing business that allowed you to go on the road that you wouldn't even have this opportunity at all. So sometimes it takes a good talking to to snap out of feeling like a baby when you see it's a beautiful day outside and you'd rather head to the beach or capture the sunrise, but you can't if you want to meet your deadlines and stay in tip-top shape for your clients. So it's really a balancing act. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. We are wired for pleasure. So when we see it's 80 degrees and sunny, The last thing we really want to do is stay behind our laptop and crank out the work. So again, sometimes it's a little bit of a balancing act and having that honest conversation with yourself. So for me, I chose to set a Monday through Friday schedule of 5 a.m. to noon. I took a break at breakfast at around 7.15-ish, depending on my call schedule, and one at 10 to stretch, put my face in the sun for 10 minutes or so, or grab a protein shake just so I can keep my energy sustained. Knowing that I addressed my income-generating activities and client calls and marketing before lunch made it so much easier to go out and about without guilt or feeling like I had something hanging over my head. Now, I want to add here that if you're living the laptop lifestyle like a snowbird and have a second residency, this will be so much easier for you. You can set up your workspace and have a stable environment that you can control. And you can also lean into living like a local and not having tourists bring, wondering where and what fun things are waiting to be explored. So like if you had a condo in Florida, for example, that you can just plug into, this is a great scenario and it'll be so much easier for you. Now, my trip was different. We chose Airbnbs that look nice, 
I made sure to check that they all had continuous Wi-Fi. However, most of them did not have a workspace suitable for seven plus hours of computer work. And this was definitely a drag. And I felt new aches and pains in my system that I didn't even know that I had. So this is, again, another honesty alert. But it's something that I want to be so transparent because it's a part of it, right? And we're not that different. We're all going to experience very similar things um, when we try to plug into the laptop lifestyle. So I had a few workarounds for this, including using pillows as props and changing locations from the bed to the couch to a chair so I wasn't in one position for too long. However, it wasn't ideal, it definitely wasn't ergonomic, and it really slowed down some of my efficiency. Next trip, I will be adding in the filter on Airbnb for work. They have listings to make sure that the listing qualifies for work travelers, and now this will be a new must for me for sure. So other elements to be aware of are sound distractions that you just can't control, like those beeps that you just heard, right? It's a natural part of having alerts and different things on that are set on autopilot. But what I'm talking about when you're away are things like the local weed whacker outside your door when you're trying to record a podcast or the cock-a-doodle-doo that the roosters are doing um, during a coaching session in the background. These are just things that happen in life. We need to just go with the flow and be flexible. Many times I had comments like, oh, I hear the birds in the background, how nice. So people are pretty cool with it. I just wanna let you know, you don't have to freak out. As far as easing your mind as to what you're going to do when your workday is over, I got two pieces of advice for you. One, plan less than you think you can handle. And two, plan one main thing per day. So a little bit more on planning less than you think you can handle. If you're anything like me, when you're in a traditional vacation mode, it's easy to want to do as much as humanly possible because, heck, you're on vacation and you can sleep when you're at home, right? Well, that mindset when you're living the laptop lifestyle will cause burnout and fast. In the first week, we were in Kauai. I was so excited to see all the sights, and also, I really wanted to be a great travel partner for my bestie. I tried to be laser-focused during my work block of time in the morning, and when noon hit, immediately switch hats and become the tourist ready to jump in the car and hit the road. Well, the result was a daily headache for the first full week. I didn't respect my body or mind, and I was trying to cram and jam. It was like a full-time worker and then flip the switch and then plug into a full-time traveler. And in the end, I was really tired and not a happy camper. So once I came to grip with the reality that this trip must shift if it's going to be sustainable and enjoyable for all of us, right? So luckily I have a bestie that's very caring and was totally cool with adjusting her schedule to fit my energy level. For me, and of course you can totally adjust what works for you, but after a seven-hour work block, I found I could tool around for five hours after, and then I really needed to get back to a nourishing dinner and start winding down for the next day. That's where planning one cool thing per day comes in. Once we got into the rhythm of our schedule, we prioritized what we wanted to see on each island and made a simple sheet that listed out our activity or site per day. It actually gave us both something to look forward to. It was helpful when it was managing both of our expectations. So as you know, 
We only have so much chi or energy in the day. So learning how to manage it is absolutely going to serve you in the long run. And this is whether you're on the road or home. It's across the board, the truth. Also in the beginning, I found I was actually overcommitting to non-essential inquiries. So things like being a podcast guest, participating as an expert in someone else's challenge, and having an online coffee chat with a work acquaintance. So I quickly realized that I didn't have the space for things like this. And, you know, back home it's different and it's really nice to do those things. But when you're away, you actually have to get uber strict with your calendar, right? If you want to fit it all in. So don't be afraid to politely decline or postpone until you're back on a full schedule. The next category is outsourcing. If you don't already have a VA or an executive admin, consider having one in place before you embark on an extended trip abroad if you plan to live the laptop lifestyle. Knowing that you have a second pair of eyes and hands makes it so much easier. There may be some aspects in your business that require someone to be on location and having your VA step in might fit that bill. I liked knowing that I had to provide content on a scheduled basis if my VA was going to schedule things on time. So in a way, I created my own self-accountability system and this really helped keep me on track. Now I'm gonna tuck in another honesty alert here. Despite my best effort, I wasn't able to keep up with my assertive content creation schedule which kind of sucked. I slacked on getting ahead of the game with my solo podcast episodes like this one and missed a couple of weekly blogs. This actually weighed on me. And when I was away, I really had to take some deep, long breaths and show myself a little compassion. I truly was doing the best that I could and my audience did not abandon me because I missed two posts. So sometimes we have to give ourselves a reality check to stay sane. Moving forward, I will have extra posts and pods in the hopper before traveling. This way, if something comes up that diverts my regular schedule, I can draw from a content bank. Even having three of each for those times I'm feeling in the zone and can store away for a rainy day, it would add a tremendous amount of security and peace of mind. So I'm definitely going to be doing that. I highly recommend that you do it too. I'm hoping that the next time I record something about making the laptop lifestyle easier, I can have even more tips on how these actually happened in real life. But anyway, the next category is kind of a mindset thing. First off is people's reactions. I just want you to be prepared for a gamut of opinions and reactions when people, including your inner circle, catch wind of your laptop lifestyle. Now, this feedback and emotions, they can range anything from elation for you and all the hard work that you do to jealousy. So remember, though, it's been said that out of what you share on social media, 10% of the people viewing will absolutely love it. You'll be inspiring. 10% won't, and they may even have negative feelings, and 80% will be indifferent. I want you to share anyway. Make a choice of what and how much you'll be sharing before you go. And depending on your audience and even your personality, that may vary for you. But remember, it's fun to keep people in your loop. And for me specifically, because I help female solopreneurs create a business around their life versus the other way around, 
It's proof positive that it can be done, and that's why I'm sharing behind the scenes of traveling and working. That's actually why I wanted to do this podcast, to share the ins and outs of the laptop life. Because like I said in the beginning, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. There are headaches, computer issues, non-ideal workspaces, and our mindset of wanting to be in full vacay mode that can all get in the way. But it's actually how we handle it that matters. I am all about the Kaizen approach to life and business, which is a never-ending improvement approach. So try, learn, try again in a different way, and move on. So cultivating an attitude of gratitude is really what makes a huge difference in how smoothly the whole process is going to go. Now, would I choose to keep my vacation time separate in the future from my work time? I might. I might, but a couple different things for me personally. One, if I was going to take two full weeks off and just totally unplug and not try to integrate, that wouldn't be enough quote unquote time off for me in a calendar year. I may incorporate that in a one or two week trial to see how it is. Because like I said, for the last four years, I've been integrating the work-life balance quite literally. As you can see, I split my day up pretty much in a half and half, so truly integrating work and life. Sometimes it felt balanced, sometimes it did not feel balanced. So just something to think about. Definitely test it out, go easy on yourself, and see what works best for you. Keeping the lines of communication open is imperative, not only with your own self and your own expectations, but with your clients when you're leaving, and also with your travel buddy or family. So everybody's on the same page and it can be a fun and supportive and smooth and easygoing um, time for everybody. So I hope you learned a tip or two with this episode. You can head to my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group and let me know. And remember, you can get a cheat sheet of all the tips and resources that I shared on today's episode, including the tech that I use, by heading to kcrossi.com slash laptop life. All right. Until next time, my friends, breathe joy and to creating a business around your life. Have fun living the laptop lifestyle. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.